This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Downtown Winston-Salem Podcast. This is Jason Thiel, and I'm with Danielle Bull from Bull's Tavern today. It's great to have you here, and I've been wanting to interview you for a long time. You have such a vibrant business, and it's such a big part of 4th Street right in the middle of things. And I wanted to start with getting to know a little bit about who Danielle Bull is, and I wanted to see what would you like to share about yourself, about your bio, and anything about your how you got here. I'm an open book, uh, so I guess my history would be, you know, I grew up in the Colfax area, so right on the Guilford-Forsyth County line, and um, I'm 37, but when I was still in high school, I started working at a law firm, worked there for 13 years. And by the age of 29, I had my first early midlife crisis, I guess you could say, and uh, just grew really tired of the corporate world and the demands of it and um, wanted to change directions, wanted to start my own business. And throughout the process of being a paralegal and going back to school, I went to Guilford College at night, took five years to finish my undergrad. through the process of saving money for that and bad boyfriends and life, um, I early in my twenties I'd picked up bartending as a side gig um, and really liked it. Worked at places that were really unique for their time. Looking back, and uh, as I was wanting to make a career change, I was like, "Well, I think I'm just going to open a bar." So I kind of cashed out some things I had from corporate America and rolled the dice, and that was seven years ago. So we opened November 2nd, 2012. But in my mind, you know, I signed the lease in May of 2012. I quit my job December of 2011. Got most of the financing and everything squared away by March of 2012. So to me... I'm going into year eight, you know, in my mind. Uh, And it was a unique experience. I was able to meet Denzel, my old landlord, the greatest landlord ever, if he's listening, Um, and was able to lease the property kind of before it hit the market. And I had a vision for making this older building look old. Now, there was a picture I posted couple weeks ago where the what what bulls initially my initial plans were and of course plans evolved but as a consumer as a bar patron as someone who was in there early as someone who was 29 when the business was created I wanted I always like to go to places with live music so that's been a focus here we've done 2736 shows over a seven-year time span of all kinds of music. A lot of bands have gone on to outgrow us and now play huge festivals and and huge stages, but I'm happy to have had them on our roster over the years. Who are some of the bands that you really have enjoyed hearing and have... uh, That have blown uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, um, One of them would be the Fritz. if you look at them look them up from Asheville they are awesome and they really hung with me the first couple of years now their rigs won't even fit in the building um people's blues or Richmond another one that really you know they went on tour with some large acts 
and they've played Red Rocks multiple times, uh, Roots of a Rebellion, a reggae group out of Nashville that made this one of their stops. Uh, now they're opening for Collie Buds and huge national acts. There's There's been a lot over the years. And then some bands, even though they're too big for us, uh, they still play here, like Jukebox Rehab. We have them. We're one in, one out three hours before their show. Wow. And we charge at the door. And so, and that's, we don't charge at the door uh, probably as much as we should. <laughs> but at the time when I created Bulls, there wasn't really anywhere. There was a couple places doing music, um, but music wasn't, uh, it was either at a venue or at a concert hall or maybe a guy in a restaurant with a guitar. But there weren't full bands with production. So we do production just like Ramcat and Blind Tiger and all the larger venues, but on a smaller scale. So we have those large speakers you see hanging from the ceiling. Yep. Um, musicians plug and play here. We provide a sound engineer. That's that's pretty much what any music hall would do. So you guys provide the soundboard. Mm-hmm. We provide it all. We provide it down to the cables, cords, microphones, and wires. So they just walk in and plug in. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to bring their own mics. No. So they you know, just, they just bring their amps, and we have a variety of microphones depending on whether it's a bluegrass band or a reggae band or a country band or what type of drum kit they have to try to control the drums in the room. And we've done a lot with sound conditioning to make this one. This was a very acoustically, when I was researching what type of space I needed to accomplish what I needed, the long, narrow spaces can make sound travel further. This room, I initially designed it kind of for acoustic music, so I had to, over time, come in and put sound conditioning in the floor, lay a new floor, um behind all types of things you see hanging around there's probably sound sound foam behind it mm-hmm. yeah i can see that mm-hmm. tell me about your week from monday through friday like your programming that's a typical week like <clears throat> do you have each night kind of trying to have a different theme if you will um for the most part uh so on monday and tuesday we have monday's our whiskey night and it's half price whiskey and Court Winter, who's been with me from the beginning, he's also a jazz musician in town. Um, he controls our whiskey program, and we get a lot of local that night. And Tuesday, similar with tequila, we have a great tequila list. We do it for half price. So we're not paying for entertainment those nights. Wednesday, we uh, we, fought, we we turn the focus over to Tito's Vodka, mm-hmm. which is a very popular vodka. and um, have karaoke, which I fought against tooth and nail for years with the staff. The right. staff would say, we want karaoke. Everyone wants to do karaoke. And I would say, no, no karaoke. What was your opposition to the karaoke? I just, two things. <clears throat> one, um, we had an open mic night here one night that got so bizarre that the video from that night has 86,000 views on YouTube. Oh, uh, I gotta go check that yeah, out. Yeah, I'll send you the link and uh, uh, you can maybe attach the link yeah. where you send this out. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. 
and I was fearful of something like that. And there's a perception that it can cheapen for when you're trying to do live music. But, you know, people love, customers love to be able to get up on our stage, which we've expanded, and sing through our house sound. So we started karaoke about three and a half years ago, and it's turned into one of our most popular nights. So Wednesday night is the karaoke night. Yeah. What time do things get started? About 9.45, 10. That is... M- I don't think I could give things away and get people in here early. Like, it's just a late night spot, no matter what uh, what promo I do, what uh, activities I have. It's just, in people's mind, this is where you come later in the afternoon. And then how late the does that go? Till 2? Till 2. Yeah. Till the lights come on. Wow. Yeah. Like, if you were to look through some of our bad Yelp reviews, it'd be like, I waited to sing karaoke. And, you know, they told me I'll be first in line next week. But we stopped signing people <laughs> after up after 1, 1 a.m. Oh, man. Oh, and we man. get a lot of the the service industry, the folks who work at restaurants and, and bars around come and have a good time. Our karaoke's funny. Uh, I, uh... I think, you know, karaoke is a lot of fun. <clears throat> I'll do it out of town. Yeah. I'll, I'm a rock star out of town. I don't like to do it in town. I don't, I don't want video on social media. My, How about my that? entertaining singing. It's not that I can't sing. It's just that I think it's comedy. Well, a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. Yeah. I, like, I, I never watch a television interview that I do. Well, that's and I've watched ones I've did, I've done before, and it's like you pick yourself apart. But you know, a lot of times with TV interviews, you're trying to get your point across in 30 seconds. Right. And and then they edited it up. You know, like we had fraudulent bills come through here. I said a lot of things that were much more uh, profound, but they just butchered my interview into whatever they chose it you know whatever they wanted to hear on fox eight yeah that happens well and so what happens the rest of the week well then we have live music thursday friday and saturday and that's i try to keep hit all genres of music once a month so i try to have a good rock show country bluegrass kind of jammy soul um just keep it mixed up and keep the quality of the music the same and uh so we've been doing that and we have drink specials and then on sunday we have sunday fun day and we have really good drink specials that day and that again that's like a huge service industry day here what time do you open on sundays 2 2 p.m what about during the uh, week like on a weekday if somebody wanted to come in uh after work what time do you guys open we open at five we used to open at four and it's just um it makes more sense for the afternoon bartender to work five to nine instead of four to eight financially. So. Yeah. And then on Fridays, you open at five, too? Mm-hmm. Well, between four and five. We shoot for four. But for some reason, on Friday in the bar industry, if it's that's the day when things tend to break or, you know, you're trying to get caught up on the weekend. So we always shoot for four, and we're always here at four. But the, sometimes the place isn't set up and perfect by four. Um, 
And then on, on Saturday, of course, we open it for unless there's a game or an event or something downtown that where we need to open earlier, we do. Do you still do bartending yourself? Um, I hadn't for a long time because my dad was terminally ill and I had to step away. I am coming back starting this weekend because, um, you know, we, we have been, the city as a whole has been, you know, dramatically slower with the highway and I've got to pay myself. So, yeah. um, that, that, this is my debut back this weekend. We'll see if I still have it. Well, I tell you, everybody is so sorry for your loss with your father. And oh. I know how much he was, a I saw him all the time here. He did yeah. a lot of things for you. Yeah. He, he lost his job, um, in 2011 as well. Uh, his company downsized and he was going to go off road truck driving, which he was healthy at that point in time had the skill set, had kind of always wanted to do it. And um, then when I started thinking about opening my own business, he he shelved that idea and wanted to just come to work for me. He's like, as long as you can pay me enough to survive, I'll come help you. And I did, he did, and he was here with me day in, day out through the first three and a half, four years, which was awesome because he was here to meet all the deliveries and we were still building little uh you know building furniture and changing the layout of the place and so he stayed busy during the day and i closed every night in those days and uh now did your family um have had some historical uh significance in time that you've told me about is that true like uh, your family had some significant historical um uh, in the area yeah um well a great great uncle owned a bull's tavern in kernersville right um that closed in the late 60s early 70s okay. but it was open from like the 1930s okay um and i got permission from his great-great-granddaughter to use the name even though it wasn't locked into anything I just you know it was my last name too I wanted to ask so I got the logo and design done probably a year before the business opened and do people know that it's your family surname that it's uh or do they just assume that that was a name that you do you ever they think I've just pulled it I don't I don't, I initially, when I first opened the bar, I was telling my whole story. I had my bio, my picture and all these things up. And then I developed a stalker. Oh. So a lot of things came, kind of came to a, you know, reality set in. And uh, that stalker situation went on for about 20 months. It was horrible. I mean, it was, um. you know, Winston-Salem Bike Patrol were great with helping me out with it, um, and it took a lot of, um, I think I have, I think there were 50 or 60 police reports that went on with that. So that's when I kind of, and I regret having to do that, and I, I may, I, it made me so gun-shy to have my name and a lot of things out there that I just stopped. Um, I'm at a point where I probably am going to put all that back out there again 
because mm-hmm. I'm not 32. And like, I, you know, I'm a little older now. I don't think I'll get a stalker now. Um, but that situation was terrifying. And th- at that point, I quit introducing people to, to who, like, I quit saying, hi, I own bulls. I quit having that, um, that personable interaction with people. And it was just out of fear. Right. And it was a fear I never anticipated. Yeah, that's um, um, that's 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 terrible. I, uh, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, it was. It, it's something you just don't think about, and it's, um, you know, it's it when someone has in their mind, right? You know, they're mentally ill, obviously, and you know the police can't arrest them because they're sitting out in front of your house or they're standing down the street Um, but it does kind of shoot you into a shell and it definitely uh, had more of an effect on me than I realized at the time being a business owner requires a lot of emotional like strength Mm -hmm. and to be able to endure you've got the hiring of employees Mm -hmm. customer service all of the different myriad of bills that you got to pay and legal regulations it's just and it doesn't get cheaper no like that's that's definitely one thing i've done like i haven't been able to go up on the price of bud light but you know my bills are up 30 percent like it is it is brutal being in business and just do you feel um that that you are just stronger than everybody else that you're a special person i mean because i see you as a just a really super uh just capable person do you think it takes that to be a business owner i do and i do will i sit like at the end of my life uh, will i be like was it worth it i don't know um because it, it it definitely has uh it takes a toll on you physically emotionally it's a whole lot harder than I ever anticipated it to be for reasons that I would have never anticipated. Well, I, I think one of the things, just just speaking on behalf of my conversations with a lot of people, is that we're proud that you offer a venue to musicians to perform and a place for people to see live performances. And I think the vibrancy of a city and its downtown is strengthened by venues like yours. And so I'm thankful that you're here. And... I've seen a lot of different things here. One time, used to do some comedy shows. Are you guys yeah. done with those? Um, we, we, it's like anything. Sometimes we'll get something going, and then they kind of pop up all around town. Right. Um, and comedy is great when comedy does great. Yep. Um, there, when there's a, a scene of, of comedians in town kind of growing, when there's a scene of any forms of musicians who are trying to learn how to play rooms and 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 when there's a growing scene things like that can work out but we've done all kinds of things over the years but like like with any type of art comedy certain genres of music it'll just the market will get diluted and you have to stop it for a while and bring it back you could never just stay things are so things drastically change so quickly in the market they do, and we're actually at a transition point. 
again, where we're trying to figure out, you know, over the past six months, okay, this kind of show was successful, this wasn't successful. Right. Or this kind of show is happening at all the breweries in town now, so let's not book that type of music or let's do this. You know, it's a lot of trying to just catch yourself uh, when it comes to... And it's catching and and drink trends. I mean, who would have thought a year ago, if anyone would have told me that the most popular alcoholic beverage on the market would be an alcoholic seltzer? Right. I wouldn't have believed you. No. But that is. I I wasn't aware that was the case. Yeah. I mean, uh, White Claws, and that's how fast the market can change. How about that? So last year it was you know ipas and heavier beers now people aren't interested in that they're interested in which they're delicious um but varieties of alcoholic seltzers what do you think is the best way for a business like yours uh, a music venue uh to get the word out about your upcoming performances well that's again something you chase and try to figure out too um you know Uh, so we do a combination of social media we expect the bands to do their own word of mouth promotion Um, back and forth on posters certain bands posters work um, but it's kind of you know where you can hide there's not a whole lot of places to hang posters anymore Um, you know used to every place you would go into had you know a poster wall yep and now there's only a few places in town that really allow that yep um and posters can cause clutter and they do you know it's it's but you know the the old school marketing techniques say you need to see something hear it seven times and then it's in your mind Um, so we do a combination of google ads which are cheap right now um Instagram, Facebook, all the social media, try to do word of mouth. We have lots of advertising of our upcoming shows in here. So people who have already been to Bulls, we do the Piedmont Triad Local with Steve Chimay, mm-hmm. and he has uh, he puts uh, for every magazine you see sitting outside, like your restaurant, in the hotels they get a different magazine. Mm-hmm. So those are guides. When I'm out of town, I look at local guides that helps a lot making friends with the concierge at hotels helps a lot right um tipping your wait staff at crab shack reminding them to come to your show and then they tell people to come they tell their patrons to come down here that helps a lot it it it's a it is really a balance between paid and guerrilla marketing right and one month one form of advertising seems to have a lot of great feedback, and the next month you can do the same thing, and it doesn't. Right. It, um, it really is a transitioning period between old forms of communication and new forms mm-hmm. of communication, and um, the podcast is a format that is obviously, and you do some other podcasts, yes, I, I know. Do. Tell me about some of those. Well, I do have a podcast called The Less Desirables with Tim Beeman, and I've been a co-host of his for almost four years so I started as a guest 
and um, then another one of his co-hosts needed to go on vacation and he was like you're such a good guest come back and yeah. and uh, guest co-host and <clears throat> then he was like well would you like to join us and I was like absolutely so I've been uh, I listen to the podcast frequently and I really do enjoy listening to you guys it's a lot of fun yeah we, we heckle each other pretty good uh, that podcast is great because we get to touch on all types of all forms of business all types and of that's interesting the less people. desirables yeah. l-e-s-s yes. desirables yes yep the longest running podcast uh, around in the triad yeah people should check that out i mean it i enjoy listening to it it's always got great information about local beers local restaurants local music um, and just local happenings and then yeah. local groups that come in and new businesses and talk about what's going on with them and they take a deep dive a lot of times yeah. right? Well, I mean sometimes we really go into things and sometimes we spend some time making fun of our especially over the last couple of years of how upset people get on social media <laughs> about um, things in the community oh I mean uh, we used to do a portion until they threatened to sue us um, that was as Ardmore terms, and so every week we would have, um, you know, a, a a post that went viral in Ardmore, and have different voices and you sounds. You guys would break it down. Oh yeah, we'd have soap opera music. And, oh. Um, we tried to do that with the Bartsy one downtown recently, and it went on for thirty six minutes, so we had to stop. <laughs> you know, but a lot of times we we take little. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta have a sense of humor about things. Um, it is amazing how things go viral, like in the current world, and how just things really hit a nerve. Yeah, it it, it is, and it, wow. And sometimes I have my you know my head down about a lot of things because I'm running a business and trying to have a life and take care of my family and all kinds of things like that, and so I won't even realize why people are so upset or how they will take the time to get that upset behind a keyboard right um it just it blows my mind i uh i uh i i i tend to to look at it and and i think that everybody has different things that interest them and by and large what also happens with social media is that the cycle of the topic is generally pretty quick. Like if, like for instance, if you're somebody who's getting um, criticized, mm-hmm. like you're the brunt of the criticism, or maybe you shared something that isn't right, quite gelling with what everybody else is saying, and you're being called out or something like that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know the the life cycle for some of it is sometimes just short they move on to the next thing but the great thing is that everybody's got a voice everybody gets a chance to share it and sometimes it just uh you know how long do you want to spend reading it yeah and sometimes you do yeah i mean sometimes it's like i can't stop reading i know it's like that one meme of like um somebody getting the popcorn out and just yeah yeah i mean and and it's happening, you know, it happens all over, throughout the city. And I know I've contacted you before and I've been like, Jason, I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with. Oh, no, no. You know, when they, when people just, why is this happening? Like, like you're Superman of downtown that can swoop in and save every, well, every issue. 
Um, well, and we, it's just like how, people's expectations sometimes of you just blow my mind. Well, I think it's one of the things that's important is that people have raised their expectations in regard to our city and our downtown. And at the end of the day, that's really positive is mm-hmm. that people really want more and they demand more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we want them to do. We want them to raise the bar and keep raising the bar. And um, my sense of where I view my vision for downtown is we're not there yet. We got a lot more stuff to do, uh, a lot of things that we got to work on. And uh, but I'm proud of where we've come. And I know that. I mean, it's a it's a different place than the 2012 downtown Winston that I walked into. It like, is, and I hope that I really hope that this is just the beginning of the long standing tenure of your business. You're close to Recreation Billiards, who's been here for. Uh, for a long 80, time 80 years yeah seven it's pushing 80 years it's over 70 i just can't imagine a time where live music is no longer a place where you would want to stream someone playing live music and that would be enough for you i just think the idea of being in front of a live musician or group of mm-hmm. musicians is always that energy is something you can't replace and i fully agree i will say that you know where we're looking hard because you know then the day you got to pay all your bills um at where things are headed is you know our market is a lot we've grown in a lot of ways um but we've grown a lot in similar ways so there's now there's a lot more places that have live music and so our market share has changed um is something that it's hard not to notice is how many new venues there are Mm -hmm. in the city and how that has an impact on uh, market share and I see it every day and um, it's something that I'm constantly thinking about and it seems like when somebody hits a mark it's replicated it's quickly it's quickly is, um, it, it's rubber stamped is the what I call it. Right. And and so you see that throughout society, not just here in Winston-Salem, but you see just in society uh, there's a lot of um, trends. And those trends, the life cycle of a trend can be fleeting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's – I think that's always been that way, but my perception of it being – maybe 48 years old is that the the life cycle of the trends is shorter mm-hmm. it's much shorter you know the beer trend was the end all be all right beer trend you know going into 2016 i ha- i went and borrowed money and revamped behind the bar to put in 24 taps because we couldn't keep enough high-end beer in here right well as the market's changing now the demand for high-end beer has dropped off and people are really going more towards uh, vodka sodas and and right. simple drinks and liquor uh, and it, it, it's it's odd to watch and I guess you know but that's again where the market share there's a lot of new breweries so a lot of people the beer drinkers are going to the breweries instead of coming to bars that have a good selection of beer as well right and I wonder the if you look at the whole industry many years down the road 
it's hard to really know what the future holds. I think that there's a bubble, and I think there's, uh, you know, I, I definitely I see a bubble beginning, not just for us in Winston, but uh, throughout. You know, I have bar owner friends in Asheville who've called me kind of to see what the water was like here and talked to several folks in Greensboro uh, a lot lately because they wanted to know what what's going on here because they see their peers opening businesses in Winston and they're and, you know they they're curious of what's going on in our market and I think it's diluting all over I um, think um, another thing that's happening for me is like I'm looking at the future of cities and the way that they're built mm-hmm. and like on the same parallel plane I'm looking at how cities are going to change in the next number mm-hmm. of years and I, there's a lot of unknowns there like one of the things that really um, I don't know how many years away am I, if I had to guess 20, 25 years for cars to be driverless mm-hmm. and if you think about the impact that's going to have on society where if you're able to, if if the if I hear people talk about the positives about driverless cars that you no longer have the parking disadvantage in downtown. Mm-hmm. People argue about the disadvantage of downtown, but people have become so accustomed to having parking in front of the front door that when they see an urban environment, they don't even know or comprehend. Well, they don't teach people how to parallel park anymore. For <laughs> one, yeah, it's it's a real, <laughs> but I think. One of the things that I think that I I just think that being in a place where it's special and if you can capture special and you're always able to be ahead of the curve and I think music provides that opportunity. Um, it's not easy, but um, there always seems to be people want to be somewhere that seems meaningful. They're always taking pictures of like, I love the, the pictures of Instagram, and I do this, too. Like, I take pictures of something that's really phenomenal, and, like, uh, mm-hmm. and then I place myself into this image. Like, um, um, I did the opening kickoff of the Wake Forest football game last week, and I thought that was a pretty cool scene. But I just – I've always – you want to be somewhere. Like, I don't take a, a picture of uh, somebody that's kind of mundane. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to drive at is I, I really believe that people want to be around other people and they want to be somewhere that is seen as being fun. Absolutely. And one of the differences I would say in kind of how I've noticed society has changed is 2012 groups of kind of single people came out with other single people and met other groups of single people who were hanging out with their single friends. And one thing that you've noticed since, like, the internet dating and the swiping and is you see people come here alone to meet up with someone that they met online. And a lot. Um, you know, as a, well, let's meet here for a drink. And so you see a lot of first-time face-to-face conversations now where seven years ago they just would have turned around and, said oh you're attractive you're attractive hi and that's how it's odd to watch how people meet or people come out together and listen to music but are all on their phones right so they all come out together and but they're looking at their phones mm-hmm. separately yeah yeah it's 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 kind of bizarre I and try to uh with my family i can't say that we're always doing this but 
Um, we all try to put our phones down when we're sitting talking together. Um, and, and that's very, it's very important to do that, just to not be distracted and not, um, as I have my phone in my hand, but I'm just answering an email. <laughs> I've tried to take moments away from um, of where I take like hiatuses, like two, three hours at a time mm -hmm. away from it. Um, and particularly on weekends during the day or in the evenings, like after nine o'clock, I'll just turn it off. And if somebody really needs to get in touch with me, like a family or loved one, my wife's going to have her phone on. They can call her. Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, but I mean, that's... Yeah, but you have to detach. It's like I have a favorites list that when you click do not disturb um, on your phone, my phone won't go off unless it's my mom, the manager bulls, multitude of like my small favorites list are the only people that will come through. Yeah, I try to turn off the information right before I go to bed too, but you know, I I think one of the things that you know, just to say that Danielle, I'm really happy that you own a business in our downtown and you've add so much flavor and positivity and just constructive feedback for me all the time and I wanted to just take an opportunity to hopefully introduce you to some new people about your dynamic business here and let them know more about who you are and hopefully they'll come and see you. I would love that. Please come check us out. Yeah. What's your uh, best way to learn more about you? Like if, would it be your Facebook page or? We have, well, we have a Facebook page. We have a brand new website. Right. So if you Google Bulls Tavern, um, it should pop up at the top. Pay Are there other Bulls Taverns throughout the country? There's one other Bulls Tavern throughout the country, but if you Google we really worked with our AdWords and the verbiage on the website to make it pop towards, you know, um, search engine optimization. Yeah, uh, SEO. Yeah, which is a huge deal. <laughs> and it is, it is always, uh, it's always moving. That is, if you want to talk got, about it. I got a, a funny story about that that I will not share. But <laughs> I mean, if everybody wants to ask me about an SEO funny story, I'll tell <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a moving target, that's like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Like you do one thing on your website and you think your website's great and then get, oh, give it a month and let them switch up well, their tell you, algorithms. Uh, you know, the, um, the actual uh, geocaching or mm -hmm. geotagging or what yeah. is it called where you yeah you have now it you, geotargeting you, which now you have to pay for yes in case you did not know that if you won't, don't understand why your name is not on a map you have to have a google business profile and you have to pay them monthly to uh, for uh maps to read pop you in correctly how about that well, Danielle, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of the downtown community, and um, well, I love I love Winston. I grew up between both cities, and uh, I love how it's evolved. Uh, I love seeing it grow, and uh, love well, being a part of com of the community. And it loves having you and seeing you grow, and um, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. This is the Triad Podcast Network.